Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Hi everyone, I'm Tess and I work on the creative team here in Urbana. It has been a crazy, challenging, strange last few days, hasn't it? Today, we thought it would be great to take some time to process together some of the emotions, thoughts, questions that we're having. So today, we wanna have a conversation that we hope will help you navigate what it means to be a citizen of heaven first and also a citizen of the United States. So we've asked some of our pastors to share their hearts with us. We invite you to listen to the Holy Spirit now as we engage with this panel. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Awesome, excited. Hey, welcome everybody online. We're so glad that you joined us. Can you help me give them a warm welcome to them, those online? So uh, my name is Daniel, by the way. I'm the communications pastor, and my co-host today is Julie Oder, one of our co-senior pastors. And uh, yeah, today we wanted to have some real and raw conversation. You may know a couple months ago we started a podcast called The Vineyard Collective because we realized the need to kind of help let people into the process, the real and raw conversation, like how are you making decisions? How are you doing things? So we thought today uh, would be an amazing time to uh, answer some questions and share our hearts with you. I know Julie has a a few thoughts about how to set up today. Yeah, well, we developed the technology and we were able to figure out who everyone voted for. (laughs) And there's a 50-50 split. Oh, yes. So we know, but no, I'm just kidding. We don't actually know that. But what you do need to know is that there are many different people in this room. Mm -hmm. And people voted in different ways. And so for some of you, you're coming in today and you are feeling joyful and triumphant and hopeful. And for others, you're coming into this room and you are feeling grieved or you're scared and you're concerned. And we want to draw our attention to Jesus today. Amen. We want to pause and we want to create space for you to feel the different things that you may be feeling right now to ask questions and to dialogue with different voices, different generations on um, some of maybe the the things that we believe that we're supposed to talk about. And so we want to invite you that today it's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh and to shout and to clap. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling, Mm -hmm. but we want to first remember that we are citizens of heaven. Amen. And that's where we want to root this conversation in today. And so we're going to jump right in. Yeah, we have uh, Brandon Henderson. He's our community life pastor. Yeah, Brandon. And Diane Lehman, one of our co-founding pastors. And then last but not least, Mike Yoder, one of our co-senior pastors. (laughs) We also have a nickname for him that I'm not going to share, but a lot of you know it. Anyway. (laughs) I think you should just... Do with as Brandon, he's like Frozone. That's his secret identity. Right oh yeah, now. that's I true. Like, that's I see that, and I'm like, wow, you're looking, you're looking good today, man. Well done. Well done. Thank you, thank you very much. Got some sweat <laughs> like on. Turtleneck day. Yeah, but um, you know, obviously, there are times to grieve and, and mourn, and there's also times to laugh. And through this whole season, 2020 has been crazy. 
I mean, yes. we're not talking just the last week. The last year has just been up and down. I feel like I've been on an emotional roller coaster. And when I was searching roller coasters, I found this great meme, um, my life in 2020. I mean, how many of you feel like that? Now, I want you to pay attention <laughs> to that. Uh, you know, that that's pretty much sums it up, that we, we kind of feel like we're a little disconnected, maybe. Um, now what? what? What do we do? And so my first question for you three is... How do you stay connected? How do we keep from happening like that guy flying off a roller coaster, uh, pummeling to their death? You know, like, how do we stay connected to Jesus in the midst of so much? I mean, the whole year has been up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down. What are ways that you have been able to do that? And feel free to chime in, whoever wants to go first. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think... As, as many of you probably did, I, I, I felt prey to all the same things, like looking for distractions this year. Mm. You know, what are things that can just take my mind off whatever it is, the challenges that we're facing, the things we have to decide, where we have to go or not go? All those things were there. Like, so I found myself in that place of, of really being distracted mm. uh, and, and wanting to be distracted. Mm. And, and one of the things I felt like God really just reconnected in that grounding this year was, again, Set aside all those things because what happened as soon as I become distracted, then my emotions become based on whatever it is that I get to experience in the moment or in that place. And, and that didn't put me in a good place. And so when I could, when he just reminded me, he's like, he just called me back to this place of, of just connecting in sometimes in just in basic ways in, in the, the practicing of the disciplines of reading scripture and prayer and setting aside time. You know, I feel like so much of our, our normal routines were disrupted throughout this year for whatever reasons. And one of the ways that, that God has really helped me just to, to stay grounded is like, set your routine. You decide. Let them decide with me, when are we going to spend time together? When are we going to connect? What are some things that you're going to do to intentionally spend time and not just hope that it pops up throughout the day? Because you'll always be distracted by something in that place. Mm -hmm. So that was a very practical way I felt like that God was really reconnected me in this season and is still calling me to is that place of just grounding in intentional connection with him and not letting it just be an organic thing that just happens when it happens. Yeah. You took back control. You started leading yourself rather than letting everything else lead you. Yes. That's and letting him lead it too. Yeah. Because Amen. when I was leading, it wasn't a good thing. So I just, I'm letting him lead a little bit better. That, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. How about you guys? I, mean, I just made a decision not to get on the roller coaster. So, yeah, you know, they kind of caused me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> now that I'm older, I used to ride them. Uh, but, no, in, the main way to do that for me it is Philippians 4, 6, 7, 8. Don't worry about anything. Actually, make a conscious choice. Hmm. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And don't forget to thank him. And then the peace that passes all understanding, you, you won't understand it, it won't make sense, it will keep and guard your heart and mind as you walk in union with Christ Jesus. Wow. So it, it's actually true. I mean, the Bible says it, it's actually true. Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah. good. Um, yeah, the thing that's really been grounding me in this time and something I've been coming back to is just the the simplicity of grace, the gospel of grace. I've been going back to the, you know, the concept that Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one. You know that he who knew no sin became sin, so that in him we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. So 
everything that Jesus was, he, he, he literally gave that to us and he took what was ours. And if he did that, then my future's secure. Uh, if he did that, my present is secure. If he did that, um, no matter what happens in my life, um, I'm going to experience his, his goodness. And, um, you know, the gospel of grace has so many applications in different aspects of our life. So um, I've had to try to acknowledge and sort of evaluate, okay, where are the places in my belief system or mm. internally where I'm not really, um, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like not accepting what Jesus has already done for me. And, and I've been having to relearn some things in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been going, you know, just, Lord, teach me again, like this, this good news of grace. What does this mean? What does this mean in family? What does this mean in uh, friendships? What does this mean in these different aspects of my life? And um, it's been a refreshing, refreshing place to revisit. I love that, Brandon, because, you know, one of the words over our church for the year was humility. And to me, one of the best expressions of humility is that teachability, mm. learn, relearn, or maybe I don't know it all or haven't always thought about things, you know, in the full way. So thank you. Yeah, I think that's, again, a good reminder for all of us as citizens of heaven. Yeah, good posture. Really powerful. And I, I love how you're touching on identity, like, you know, great grace, righteousness, what Jesus has given. Like, I don't know about you, but it, it's like easy to be swayed by all the things going on. And I, I don't know if this happens to you, but you watch the news or whatever and you just get pulled into this whole drama and you're like, you forget who you are. So I just love how each of you um, are kind of saying, this is who I am. No, 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 I'm, uh, I've been given grace, I've been given favor, you know. And to piggyback that, I think um, 2020 has been a year for me, I'm, I'm sure for many of us, we may be asking that question in, in moments like, hmm, well, what can I do more of to make my circumstance better? What, what should I not be doing? It, it's easy, uh, I think, to, to, to get me focused and to focus on our works. And again, that, that revelation of God's finished work, of his grace, it says like, okay, let me turn my attention to you and what you've already accomplished. You did it, Lord. You already, you've already done it. Um, there's some things maybe I don't understand, some uncomfortable situations right now, but um, my works and me toiling is probably not going to fix much, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Really good. Well, kind of just sensing what the Holy Spirit's doing right here, you know, we've talked a little bit about how we're staying grounded or how we're staying connected and, and the work the Holy Spirit's doing individually in each of your lives. But so much of this year is, has been about how we've been interacting with one another. And so I'm just curious, how are you engaging in conversation right now? And how are you thoughtfully relating to people, probably specifically um, who may disagree with you? <laughs> mm, I mean, I'm a host, so I can ask questions like that. <laughs> has there been anybody that disagreed with me this year? I didn't, I didn't know. I stuck my head in the sand and I disappeared, it's fine. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this has been a huge challenge, I think, for many of us, and I think for, I'm sure, many of you. And I hear it, you know, as, as I'm talking, people are talking and processing and, and asking for prayer, and, it, and it's happening in relationships and families and connections that, that normally would be strong 
And this has just been, like, it's stirred things up in people. It's stirred these passions up in people. And, and I love that, that we have passionate people who call this place home and passionate people in our community. And one of the things that, that God has just kept reminding us is, is we can get so caught up in the cause, in, in the thing that we're passionate about, the, the idea that we're passionate about, the candidate, what, name your thing. It doesn't matter. And often what can happen is we get so caught up in that, it begins to have authority over our connections with other people. And one of the things that we, we want to stay connected and God remind us again of this as a value is we want to, I want to value my connection. If, if I'm having a disagreement with, with Julie or Daniel, or I want to value that connection when I'm dialoguing and processing with them first. And more importantly, even, than being right is me being able to stay connected. Because we can work through those Amen. things. We can work through those ideas of what it means to, to, to have disagreement. It's okay to have disagreement. That doesn't, that doesn't, that's not necessarily bad. Uh, and secondly, and I, I've shared this be, before, but God really gave me this, this phrase, and it's just, it stayed with me uh, in this season, is, is for, for me specifically, he challenged me to have a thick skin and a soft heart. Hmm. And, and that's, that's really hard to do. <laughs> it is really hard to do, to not just be like, eh, just gonna, okay, I'll put on a thick skin. I'm just going to ignore you. And that's not mm-hmm. what God wants me to do. So that place of, of I'm going to value connection, and what that really means is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be slow to take offense. So I want to hear the heart. Because even in criticism, if it's things, I, I don't, I, that's not right. God's like, well, maybe there's something in there. If nothing else, what are you hearing from the other person? What do they need right now in that place? And so that's been a place where, where God's been really touching me. I love that. Yeah, I, um, I don't know who said this first, but it's not, it's not my bar. I wish it was. It'd be great. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I heard this this line that uh, distance creates distortion. Um, if anybody knows who said it, you could yeah say it. But I, Jesus, Jesus, it's great because I I think that that is um, so true, so good that when we get close to people, you actually begin to see mm. their hearts, their motives a little clearer. And again, you may not agree, but you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can see how someone arrives at this place. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's been something I've been trying to press into is getting, getting close. I think social media gives us the illusion that we're close, mm-hmm. but we're not. We're, we are getting people's, you know, highlight reels, the things that they want online, not their game footage. You know, yeah. the game footage shows everything. It shows all of, all of the fumbles, all of the, the drop passes, you know, but the highlight reel edits all that stuff out. Um, so moving beyond that, I've been trying to get, get close and get different perspective. I had a really good conversation with, uh, with someone right before first service and just asking good questions. Um, and, and he was able to really give me some good perspective, um, just how he was processing the election and things like that. So that's... Uh, that's one practical tip is asking more questions. You know, what, so, so tell me about your experience. Like, what are you, what are you feeling right now? Yeah. And I'm just listening. And actually, shout out to, to my wife, Sharon. She is uh, the, the, like, boss of questions. <laughs> People that know her say, like, oh, here, here comes a Sharon question. <laughs> you know, she, she's just really good at, at, at you know, unpacking. And this, this is because she's genuinely interested in, knowing you. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a call that God is inviting us into is let's just genuinely be interested yeah. in, in the person standing in front of us, you know, and I think questions 
do that. That is just so good. And I, I've often seen it demonstrated this way. What you two are talking about is like often we'll have an issue and we let that issue come between. And, and it's like we can't even see each other because the issue yeah. is more important. And what you guys are saying is like, hey, we're going to just stay connected. And okay, look at that issue we don't agree on. Let, mm, we're going to stay connected, but yeah. let's, let's talk about those. Let's figure out this and never give up this, uh, this connection that we have. I love That's that. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think, too, just one other thing I wanted to add on to that was uh, this idea of, of can we leave every interaction better? We leave each person that we interact with better than we started. That has been kind of this rule of thumb. I feel like God has really, really hit home is, will, will this post actually leave people better? Will this, oh, will this conversation with my family member leave it better? <laughs> I, I have so much less things that I can post that I can put out there when I ask that question first. Yeah. Because if I can't have an interaction that lets me clean up whatever I mess up, then I probably shouldn't have that interaction with too many people. I need to do it with the people that I can clean it up with. And so I think that's a good rule of thumb for us to, yeah. to be thinking through. I think there was a tweet that. in there. That was good. Yeah, that's great. To go okay, back well, and I'm going to just keep going, man, with yeah. these tough questions. So we are a church that believes in prophecy. And um, there were many prophecies from different prophets around the Christian church um, in America that said that President Trump would receive a second term. And I know that as I've talked with some friends and some conservatives, they have shared with me that they're deeply disturbed right now, that they believe some of these prophecies and you know, it doesn't appear that it's going to be true. As of yesterday, we have President-elect Biden and there is some confusion. Do we believe in prophecy? Do we not believe in prophecy? What happens when not even just th this prophecy, but other prophecies don't come to pass the way we think they do? And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to know, like, what do we think about prophecy and, and how do we handle situations like this? Well, I've had a lot of experience with this, uh, both failure and yeah. success. <laughs> uh, but going way back uh, in the vineyard, absolutely unashamedly we are a prophetic movement we believe in the gift of prophecy it's one of the gifts of the holy spirit and one of the dangers when we encounter situations where prophecies appear to be wrong is we have a decision to make we can harden our heart we can despise prophecy and i saw this happen in our movement it was very very sad to me we had embraced embraced a, a huge um, aspect of the prophetic world in the late 80s, early 90s. Words were spoken about revivals happening, this person doing that, uh, all kinds of things breaking out, and pretty much none of it happened the way it was prophesied. And I saw people, some abandon their faith over it. Some people harden their heart and say, I don't believe in prophecy. Hmm. Others, if, you know, I mean, this was always very difficult for me. Uh, I want the prophetic people to own it when they miss it. Because, you know, the Bible tells us we just prophesy in part. We only see in part. Amen. And we don't know it all. The Lord does, and we can miss it again. So I think it's really important right now not to despise any of the prophetic words that were spoken, and they don't appear to many of them to have come true. Okay, fine, let's now see what else God has to say, how he wants to move, how he wants us to pray. 
But, you know, Brandon, you and I were having a discussion earlier, and you had some interesting thoughts on that, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, to piggyback that, I, I, um, I was sharing with Di that the way that I kind of um, have, have learned this is through this idea of prophetic, um, prophetic responsibility. And this, this just talks about that us who hear the prophecy, like we have this, this job, this responsibility to actually test it, to, to weigh it, to not immediately latch our, our faith on just because it, it's, it's what we, it sounds good to us. We actually gotta, gotta go away, pray about it. Um, what does the word say about this? Um, does this, it's different processes, but we have to go through a process to, to actually discern, is this what the Lord is saying or is this not? And uh, on the other side, if we're giving prophetic words, like as prophetic people, um, we also have the responsibility of, of weighing, is this something that God wants me to share for the people or is this, is this something he's sharing with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, or what's the level of, like, who, who should I share this with? Uh, this circle or a broader circle? It's a, it's, it's a little, some layers to it. Yeah. And, and I think the Lord uh, wants us to take away, though, from this is, like, we, we, we want to not latch on right away. We, we have to really, really discern and go through the process of prayer. Is this word something that uh, the Lord is actually breathing on? Um, and, and it's for our good. Yeah, and I don't want uh, people to get tripped up by, okay, the, all those prophecies were wrong because, you know, Trump didn't win or the election didn't go as we, quote, prophesied. There are tremendous uh, prophecies that have been spoken in the last year that are still 100% God's heart and encouragement to cry out to him for justice and righteousness in our land, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And just because it didn't happen like some people thought it should or would, we don't stop praying that. And one of the most respected in my life prophetic voices uh, has reminded me again that no, diet doesn't change uh, anything uh, in regards to our prayer for justice mm-hmm. that Jesus himself told us to pray for in Luke 18. He said, cry out day and night for justice and God will answer us speedily. Mm-hmm. So we want that in every realm of life. And that to that degree, prophetic voices have been right. If it doesn't play out the way we thought, Hey, welcome to the Bible, you know, yeah. because you read all the, the test, the old, old covenant prophecies, uh, the way they played out under the new covenant, they didn't look exactly or even remotely like what people thought. So a lot of yeah. people yeah. didn't even know. Yeah. They, they know. couldn't, they couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I think that's really important. I'll just add, add quickly. I think again, it's, it's, where's our foundation at? What's the path that we're walking on? Again, we've got our connection and relationship with Jesus. We've got the scriptures to walk on. Those become our foundation. When we, because we, we don't know the prophesying part, we know in part, the prophecy can't become the foundation with which you're trying to go on because you don't know. There's so many ways that it plays out, even in the prophecies you mentioned of, of the vineyard, early 80s and 90s, that they were not what people thought they were, but if you look back now in the light of history, looking at, oh, there was actually amazing movements that were birthed out of this. Millions of people who came to know Christ, but it looked completely different. Mm-hmm. And so when we get too tied up in that, that place of, of, of prophecies that dictate 
our, our daily, our emotions, our, all those things, we're also subject to, well, it didn't play out the way I thought. Now suddenly I'm in this place of, of, of hurt or pain or despair because of that, whether it's election or, or any other prophecy that's, that's connected yeah. to that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. You guys ready for, for some it. more? Okay. So here's our last question today. Um, you know, over social media over the last few days and specifically yesterday, you know, I saw progressives saying, God is in control. And then I also saw conservatives saying, God is in control. And often we, we as Christians, we use this phrase of God being in control um, to, to make us feel better and mm -hmm. to kind of shape shift for whatever our feeling is, but we kind of claim it as like God is in control. So what do you all think about that phrase? What do we think about this phrase? And this is, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this is a hotly debated phrase mm -hmm. um, in, in Christianity because it has to do with our worldview. And so just wanted to give you a few moments to talk about this whole phrase, God is in control. It's one of those phrases that it, it sounds really good on its surface, uh, but when you start to take a deep dive into it, what that does to your worldview, it, it does cause problems. And so the two basic worldviews that you, you tend to see are this idea of cosmic blueprint, which would be that God is in control. And what we would say is cosmic warfare, uh, which means God is in charge. And in charge doesn't mean dictating every single thing that happens. And, and what we, we see, one of the, the keys to that, as you look at why we believe in this cosmic warfare battle, again, we believe we're in a war, that there's an actual enemy in Satan that we're actually combating against, and God has partnered with us. He's, he's come, he's indwelling in us, and, he, and we're partnered with him to, to do those works and to make a difference and change. If God mm -hmm. is in control, what happens in that blueprint model, well, all those things are already predictated. Why would I fight something if God made it happen? Mm -hmm. And so that, 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 that becomes a whole huge issue. And this has been an issue throughout even church history as we saw. We believe we will partner with the Holy Spirit to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring connection. Well, the problem is if, God, if the God is in control is your worldview and you have got a sickness or disease, well, what's God trying to teach me? Why would I fight that? Well, right. I'm not going to partner with the Holy Spirit to bring healing because you need to learn the lesson that, that's there. See, that, and that's not, that's not at all what we believe. We believe that we've been called to make a difference. We've been called to partner with the Holy Spirit in that cosmic warfare worldview uh, where God is in charge. Ultimately, we know who wins the battle. We know what happened on the cross, mm -hmm. that that was a victory for Jesus. But the individual steps, there's, there's a pathway that we're going, but he's a relational God, and he wants to be in relationship. And love in a relationship cannot be dictated. And God is asking for our love and connection to him in that. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a huge topic. And I often like to say, if God is truly in control, he's doing a pretty bad job. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, when you look at the violence in the world, the disease in the world, the hatred Justice. in the world, the war, the, yeah, yeah all of it. Uh, no, but he is large and in charge. And he has made a decision to grant unto us freedom Mm -hmm. and hopefully a partnership of love and power with him to continue his work of the kingdom here on earth. And so, no, he's not in control. He's not micromanaging anything. He is large and in charge, and we can trust in that, and we can operate in the authority that he has given us through the victory of Jesus on the cross. But I think it's just as dangerous to like not acknowledge that there is a true war going on. Mm. You know, this, it, we don't approach life at all just from a mind, you know, over matter or reason. You know, there's a whole other realm 
It's a very supernatural realm, and we've been given weapons to fight in that realm. We don't focus on Satan. We focus on the sun. He is, Satan is defeated. He's not departed. But it's really important, even in the days of head, that our prayers are, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be come done, yes. you know, in our nation, with all of our leaders around the world. And uh, yes, he's large. He's in charge. He's not in control. Yeah. yeah, just to piggyback that, um, I think when the, like the, the worldview of God being in control is our uh, worldview, we can kind of just wait to, to just, you know, well, he's in charge. He'll do it. Yeah. And then we passive. just, you know, we just wait. Yeah, so we, we're just passive. We're passive uh, Christians. Our faith is kind of passive, but the idea of him being in in charge, that's a, actually an invitation for us to uh, partner with him. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.20. And he actually has given us a mission, and we, we actually have to work with him and, and partner with him, not because he, he needs us, he's self-sufficient, but he, he actually, like, wants to partner with us. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we kind of approach our faith and how we engage with the world that way, that, okay, um, taking it back to the election, whether um, the candidate you, you voted for lost or, or won, there's still work to be done yes. on, our, on our end. Like, there's still a battle to be fought. You know, uh, God has empowered us and he has sent us to be agents of reconciliation in the world, Amen. no matter what, what is happening. And, and I think that, that uh, that's our uh, approach and our, and our engage, engagement with the world is that we say yeah. he yeah. wants us to move. Yeah. Keep, keep pressing in. That's so. really good. Ephesians 6, I mean, it's the battle. I mean, I, I think we just have to remember this, that if you look at a person, the battle is not against that person. Yeah. It is not against flesh and blood. It's against the prince the power of the air and the, the principalities and dark powers, like we have to, we have to grasp that because then, then we can love the person in front of us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really powerful what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important too because you think about it, you, you can't legislate that battle. That, that's not gonna happen. So yeah. that's, that's where we as the church come in because those are the things we carry. We don't carry those four years at a time. We carry those generation to generation. That's the place that we're Bring called it, to do. That's the, the things that we're called to do don't change. Yeah. In that we, we yeah. call and, and we can't put our hope in well this candidate or that candidate it doesn't those things the battle and the, and the things that we have to fight there are always ongoing and we're going to be disappointed in the natural if we think that it's all going to be solved with one person or one side or whatever those are things again we carry those things passion board that's we the people get to do those things and I think that's where we can be called to do those in the natural and in the supernatural yeah Amen. yes I think too. One prophetic word that has come to pass this year and will continue is that God has clearly spoken, and this is in Luke 8 and other passages in the scripture, that what has been hidden is being brought to the light. What, what is in uh, any deception is being exposed. Uh, on, in any arena. Yeah. And, and un sadly, we've actually seen this, you know, in the churches, some mega churches, like sin is being exposed. I think we're going to continue to see it all across the government, you know, in, in both parties and in and, and all different types of venues. 
God is determined to bring to light. Yes. And we are carriers of his light. Come and on. so our responsibility continues to cry out to him for his kingdom to come, his will to be done, and for Jesus to be exalted on high and here on earth as the king of kings. And this is an amazing privilege. Mm. And we can trust God to yeah. do this. We so can good. because it's his heart and that's it's his will. Yeah. yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Can you thank our panel today? So much wisdom and insight. Um, we're going to transition now into worship, and actually Daniel's our worship leader today, so I'm going to allow him to, to move and the, the stage to get um, fixed for worship. So we are so grateful to have space to have conversations like this. So many places don't have this privilege to be able to get to sit together with differences and say, Holy Spirit, come. Show me what I cannot see. Give me love for people who are different than me. And you all know that worship is incredibly important to this house. And what we're going to take for the, for the rest of our time together, we're going to take some time to worship Jesus, to, to hail King Jesus. And then we're going to minister it. And Brandon and Di and, and Mike are going to come back up. And they're just going to release over us just the grace that God has given to them. And so would you stand? I'm going to pray us into worship today. Father, some of us come today with hearts that are bursting with joy and hope, and some of us come to you with grief, God, and fear, but you meet us wherever we are, and so we just say right now, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We want to encounter your living presence, God. We want to be filled again so that we can remember who we are, God, so that our identity can be secure in you. And so we say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Have your way in worship today. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.